Welcome to Orphaned Entertainment, the podcast dedicated to public domain and abandoned media. I'm your host, Christopher, and with me is a woman who can make a production out of all her kisses. It's Lydia. <laughs> Shh, you're not supposed to tell. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's only rumors is all I've, it's I've all heard. It's all rumors. But, yeah. <laughs> well, some have compared my kiss, my kiss to death, but you know. <laughs> it's... <laughs> I thought of a pun about giving the kiss of life or death or something. I went or through a couple, but some I, people preferring death that. to a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> the woman who kisses like hey. a dog. No. <laughs> this is something exciting that I forgot to mention the last episode. This is our 101st episode. Hey, I was just looking to see when our 10 year is. It's coming up. It's not this year, but it's soon. But 101 episodes. Thank you for listening, everybody. Absolutely. Thank you very much. I can't believe I, I knew it was going to happen. I'm like, oh, wow, we've got 100 episodes coming up. We're going to be recording our 100th episode. I think I even posted on the Facebook group that we're going to be recording our 100th episode. <laughs> and then when I sat down and talked to you, didn't even mention it. <laughs> didn't think of it. <laughs> yeah, it happens. <laughs> yeah, well, happy 101st episode, And Lydia. to you. Thank you, Christopher. <laughs> Before we go any further, I want to first thank everyone for tuning in and make sure all of you, all the listeners know that they can listen and subscribe to this show at all your favorite outlets, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podchaser.com, or the new Cephalopod app. Wherever you choose to listen to your podcast, if you have the option to do so, please rate and review the show. If you're a Facebook user, there is a group that you can join. This is a great place to find out what we're going to be covering next and an easy place to leave any comments on the films or episodes. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just search for Orphaned Entertainment. And there you can watch many of the films that we have covered here on the podcast. If you would like to email us with any comments, suggestions, or feedback on this or any episode, maybe not the early episodes, but (laughs) please type... Or record a message and send it to orphanedentertainment at gmail.com. Yes, we have 101 episodes for you to listen to, but I would not recommend going back to those earliest ones. I, I have. I have. They're a little rough. We're like we old qu- We didn't quite. <laughs> we get better with time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I definitely think we have progressed and, and gotten better. <laughs> Anyway, all of these links are on our webpage over at orphanedentertainment.com. So let's listen to one of the five-minute mysteries and a promo for another podcast. And when we return, we'll pucker up and see if we can survive 1932's Death Kiss. Another five-minute mystery. Making out all right, Molly, with your husband in the army. And why not, Inspector? Women are no weaklings. I can run this garage as good as any man now. Yeah, the next thing you know, the women will be taking over the police departments. Yeah, just a minute. Hello, George's garage. Molly George speaking. Huh? Yeah, sure, I can handle it. Sure, sure, be right over. 
Someone broken down? Worse than that, Inspector. A car just went over that 70-foot cliff at the Globe Tunnel. The Globe Tunnel? Hey, that must be some wreck. I'll follow you out in my car, Molly. This might prove interesting. Inspector, I've never been so scared in my life. My brother Lester was driving the car, and he... He didn't get out. Hey, how about you men giving me some help here so I can get this car towed off the road? Right with you, Molly. One of you get in the tow truck here and pull forward, slow-like. I'll do it. Okay. Now, edge it forward. Uh, just a minute, Mills, until I release the emergency brake on this wreck. Well, oh. oh, it's not the emergency brake. The gear shifts in reverse. Man. Okay. George. How did your brother happen to run off this cliff, Mills? We were having a little argument, Inspector, and Lester didn't see the curve until too late. Must have been going pretty fast. Well, we were going about 50 miles an hour. Lester yanked back on the emergency brake hard, but it didn't do any good. The brake must have been defective. There's no skid marks. Oh, I've got no faith in emergency brakes. Never use them. If Lester hadn't taken so much time with his, he could have jumped, too. Then you jumped from this speeding car and didn't get hurt? It was a miracle. When I saw Lester had lost control, I opened my door and jumped. The car ran along the edge of the embankment for about 20 feet and then fell over. It rolled and bounced down over those rocks. It was horrible. Yes, I can see the tracks here along the edge of the cliff. I'm taking it on in, Inspector, okay? Sure, I'll see you later with the coroner. If Lester hadn't trusted his brakes so much, he'd be here now. But no, the poor devil never even had a chance. I'll say he didn't have a chance. Not when you, Mr. Mills, had murdered him. Were you as fast as the inspector in seeing through Mills' story? We'll see in a moment, but first... a spine-tingling, nerve-shattering podcast featuring all your favorite monsters. You won't believe your ears when you listen to Monster Kid Radio. Hear your host, Derek M. Cook, and his ever-rotating stable of guests discuss your favorite classics and sometimes not-so-classic monster movies. Subscribe to Monster Kid Radio through iTunes or Stitcher, or visit monsterkidradio.net before the next weekly episode of Monster Kid Radio. Go through the archives for interviews with Sarah Karloff, Victoria Price, and Joel Hodson. Listen to discussions about movies like Creature from the Black Lagoon, Island of Terror, and King Kong. And don't forget convention coverage from Monster Bash and the HP Lovecraft Film Festival, Classic Monsters, Modern Talk, and the head of Rondo Hatton, only on Monster Kid Radio. Now back to the story and its unusual solution Mills, the slip you made and the slip that'll send you to the lethal chamber Was your habit of always parking a car in gear Because of your fear of emergency brakes not holding You'll remember I had to take your car out of reverse before it could be towed Yet no one had been in the car since the accident Mills, you killed your brother earlier Drove here to the cliff Parked the car on the edge just enough to make it off balance then to make sure the car didn't move until you were clear of it, you put the car in reverse, got out, wobbled the car until it toppled over the embankment. That reasoning is stupid. It was stupid of you, Mills, to forget that a car can't speed forward with the gears in reverse.
The Death Kiss is a pre-code mystery film directed by first-time director Edward Marin and stars David Manners, Adrian Ames, Bela Lugosi, and Edward Von, Van Sloan. The film takes us through the mysterious shooting of an actor during the final scene of a movie being filmed at the fictional Tonart Studios. Writer and amateur sleuth Franklin Drew, played by uh, David Manners, tries to stay one step ahead of the police and solve the crime himself, especially when his actress lover, uh, played by Adrian Ames, who is also the former wife of the deceased, is pegged as the killer. This film stars three of the stars of the previous year's uh, popular film Dracula, uh, Manners, Van Sloan, and of course Lugosi. The fictional Tone Art Studio was actually the real-life Tiffany Studios in Hollywood. While many copies you find of the film are strictly black and white, a few include some hand-color tinting in some scenes. In one scene, the cast and crew are watching the footage of the uh, actor's death. A flash of orange appears on screen as the reel is destroyed, and lights and smoke appear in shades of yellow. In the final scene, when the murderer is caught, gun muzzle flashes appear in red and flashlights appear in yellow. I thought that was really cool because I saw that when I was watching one of the prints that that's available online. I went, oh, someone's been playing with this. <laughs> <laughs> I thought so. That's interesting. <laughs> I actually thought, oh, I wonder if this is original because I noticed, you know, the yellow. I didn't notice. The funny part is I didn't notice the orange of the flames, but I noticed the yellow of the smoke. And my or my first thought was, I wonder if this is early coloring technology. So I love to know that it is. It is. It's very cool. I thought maybe the print that I got a hold of, someone toyed around with something and then threw it up on YouTube. And I, <laughs> I, I thought that was something that happened after the fact. But, but no, indeed, that was what they did in the in the initial release. I thought that was very cool. It, an interesting choice to make mm-hmm. uh, or, and to do. I mean, because all that had to be hand colored. Mm-hmm. But, you know, frame by frame, someone went in and tinted that. It's an interesting that they went to that kind of trouble for a film that, well, we'll get into it, but it's 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 not like you. Oh, this is going to be the next major blockbuster or something like that. <laughs> it it you know, is a little uh, light mystery, yeah. <laughs> although it does star, as I was saying, you know, stars of of Dracula, which you know came out just a year prior. Um, and I know, I think in a lot of the marketing, they made sure to let people know that they were in there. In fact, in many places, Lugosi's name receives top billing, mm-hmm. even though he has a very minor role in this film. Anything on the actors? No, I really don't have anything on the actors. I was pretty sure that we've discussed Lugosi prior to this, and none of the other actors, um, while all fine actors and have interesting lives, they weren't like, oh, I got to tell someone about this. <laughs> well, I, I got really sucked into David Manners, uh, especially once I realized that mm. he plays um, Jonathan Harker. In, I guess they call him John Harker in Dracula. Uh, but but what caught my attention was actually just him. There's some uh, some moments of his acting in this that really kind of drew me in just moments where he has like a little smile on his face. He's you know, he's of course, he's a, a clever character in this. He's very intelligent um, and of course he's remarkably good looking. Can't miss that part. But I thought, oh, I, I would really be interested in watching some more movies with him. And it will, I feel like he doesn't get featured very much in Dracula because we actually watched it again fairly recently here. And we were, I think, more struck by the similarities between Dracula and Dracula Dead and Loving It, which is almost <laughs> frame for frame. It's so similar. It really is, yes. But um, but I didn't really notice 
it, the original, the Jonathan Harker in the original one very much, but he's really, uh, he, of course, this is a somewhat brighter film to begin with. It's less physically dark, um, but also he really gets featured more as kind of the, the very prominent intellectual character in this movie. Um, so I, so he really ca- captured my attention. I got really kind of interested in it, kind of a little bit about him. He was really famous during this time, obviously. Uh, he was extremely well-known from Dracula, but he went on to do several other movies. And um, up, I think in, through 1936, he was a, just a, a huge leading man. He acted opposite Catherine Hepburn, um, opposite Barbara Stanwyck, and, and a bunch of other big name actresses. I even read that he had a star on the Hollywood uh, Walk of Fame, but apparently it's gone now. So I don't know how accurate that is or not. Uh, then it, it, and I was really interested to see that he just, in 1936, I think he just stopped acting. And I thought, oh no, here's another one of these actors that, you know, you really enjoy him and he's got a lot of potential and then he just dies horribly. He didn't die. He actually retired from acting that in that year, moved away, and lived until 1998 and became a pretty prolific writer. Not a hugely prolific writer, but he actually wrote a lot of kind of religious questioning type books. I think I remember reading that he was kind of a, a, a reluctant star. He never... Yeah. He, 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 he got into this and he got into some really big roles and everyone really loved him and the studios loved him. But he's like, I, he, he didn't really sign on to, for that. For the publicity. He, he sort of... <laughs> One, yeah. a, a couple of things I read said that as he was pushed more and more to date women in Hollywood, he eventually decided he wasn't interested. Uh, I don't know how blatant he was about being homosexual, but he did eventually develop a relationship and have a life partnership with somebody that ended when his partner died. And so it seems like he stepped out of all of that to live the life that he felt more comfortable living and just wasn't interested in that constant push of publicity, which is really interesting. I I wish I knew more about him. I, it's, all, a little bit of a shame. Well, you already found a lot more than I did. In my, I, 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 I must have just really just briefed and skimmed and missed a lot of this because that's all, I think, very interesting. I, it, well, it's funny. There, uh, It just is one of those things where I thought, oh, man, this is such a great actor. He's so good looking. He's he's really fun to watch. He's subtle and he's talented. Uh, and then he just disappeared. And so, you know, as I kind of went down that rabbit hole, he really, I think, has a pretty interesting life. There are a couple of books out there. He writes about metaphysics, but then also um, quite, it's interesting. I'm not going to get super deep into this. He, he wrote some religious philosophy that I'm interested in reading. If anybody has read it, I'd love to hear. Uh, you, if you want to comment on Facebook, let us know what you thought about it. I'd be very interested to hear that. But uh, I thought it was interesting to, to see this actor who was well-known, seemed to be do, doing extremely well, and decided to step away from all that to go. And he seemed to be really happy in his life afterwards. So I think bravo to him. And it's just fascinating to know. Yeah, you really have to appreciate someone that literally could have the life of Riley laid at their feet and go, yeah, that's not really for me. I think I'll just go. Make, I'll toil yeah. and, and, and do what I go do. What f- makes see if I can happy. find something else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not not pretend to be something I'm not to try to make other people happy. 
It's, in, it's interesting. I certainly hope he achieved that. Yeah, and it was really interesting seeing him in this film because, I mean, you actually get to see him do something in this film mm-hmm. where I feel like, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm trying to think of his role in Dracula, and I'm thinking, God, I don't even remember him in Dracula. He, I, obviously, Van I know Helsing. he was there. Yeah, he's Van Helsing's but, sidekick. He's not really a main character in it. Yeah, I, I think and think of Van Helsing, who uh, was played by Van Sloan, who was in this film <laughs> as the director uh, Avery, I think his name was, mm-hmm. and um, and then of course Lugosi, and then uh, uh, Renfield, the char- the Renfield character. <laughs> yes, is like was was there anyone else in Dracula? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Waspy women. <laughs> yeah. But- yeah, so this is, I think this is fun. This was a fun movie to see him in his, otherwise I wouldn't have thought of him as a, I'm sorry to say this, but I wouldn't have thought of him as a serious actor otherwise. I wouldn't have thought of him as a serious talent otherwise. So this was entertaining. So we get into the film a little bit here and everything. And I mean, we're talking about him. You seem to be really impressed with him. I thought his character though, at times was a little... Contrived. I thought they wrote him a little, a little heavy, a little heavy to the point of being okay. You're supposed to be kind of. This is supposed to be sort of cute and funny, but really, I'm a, I'm on the cop side here. You're really annoying me. Well, I'm sorry to gum up the works, but it wasn't an accident. It's murder. Murder? Oi! What a calamity! How do you know? This is the bullet that killed him. The 38 caliber center fire. All the guns the extras used were 45s. And you can't fire a 38 bullet through a 45 gun. It's an old Chinese principle. Where did you get this? Out of the wall of a set. Don't you know better than to meddle in police matters? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to meddle. I just wanted to help. You see, uh, I like to dabble a bit in murder cases. Well, you just go and dabble someplace else. <sighs> All right. Who is he? One of our scenario writers, Franklin Drew. Oh. Writes detective stories, I suppose. Yes. How do you know? They always do. <laughs> now I know how you feel every time we record these podcasts. <laughs> you're, you're cute and everything, but man, you're annoying. Please just be quiet. <laughs> no, it, he certainly, it, it, is, it is written a little heavy-handed. Uh, there, of course, there's... Uh, there's of the goofy character in it played i think by john ray is that right oh no i'm sorry which vince one barnett. The, the vince the barnett goofy, would be yeah. the uh, yeah <laughs> the he's, studio the studio security officer yes and he's you know kind of the the doofus character and mm-hmm. he's uh drew's sidekick through all of this you know running around right. he's basically there so that they don't have to have voiceover <laughs> so they can have conversation <laughs> But, um, so yeah, he's, his, the person he's convinced that he's conversing with most often in this movie is not the brightest bulb in any box of light bulbs ever created. <laughs> and no, so it you does can, tend You can to, definitely tell this is, you can definitely tell this is a pre-code film by how the police are portrayed as being always one step behind right. everybody. <laughs> well, and, and I originally, I, I took that as kind of a testimony to how clever Drew is that he's, you know, think he, you know, he's, he's a writer. He's thinking about things from every different perspective possible. And the detectives in this certainly are looking at what's obvious and just jumping to a conclusion based on that. It's not, it's not hugely flattering, but they're not as completely dumb as 
Barnett's character in this. Oh, no, it's not like they're Keystone cops or anything right. like that. But <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> which which is kind of what uh, um, Officer Gulliver, I Gulliver. think his name mm-hmm. is. That's definitely a little bit more of what he is. Definitely. You know, he loses his gun because it slides too far back on his belt. Right. And that sort of thing. <laughs> right. And, you know, I've, I've got you covered. What are you trying to hide? Here, hold this. Oh, no, don't hold that. That's my gun. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I think the, the writing, in, it, it's a 1935 kind of light mystery film. It's there for the entertainment value. You're not going to be, you know, I, I wasn't overwhelmed with the mystery in it. Certainly, I I do really appreciate the way it starts off, though. It starts off with, you know, this car driving up to outside of a what looks like a nightclub or a gentleman's club or something like that. Not not a modern gentleman's club, like a proper gentleman's Mm -hmm. club. (laughs) And uh, a woman gets out and kisses this total stranger who and it's, you know, but then after the scene happens, it pulls back and you're actually watching the filming of a movie. And I really right, enjoyed you're in the studio. that. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, it was that. very cool. Yeah, it was something I wasn't expecting to see early on. I thought that the whole mystery would take place inside of the story of this fictional universe, but I found it a lot more entertaining it being actually part of this studio Real world. world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was really neat. I mean, obviously it probably saved a load of money not having <laughs> to build sets. Yes. That you could actually Oh, we need we need a studio set. Well, how about the studio? Perfect, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, and they can just they they can walk around and and film, you know, on the studio lot mm-hmm. without any trouble. Studio business can. I'm sure many of the people that you see shuffling around and doing things in the background were probably There's studio executive or studio workers doing stuff. At other <laughs> actors, you know. Uh, lighting gaffers whatever going about their business yeah. <laughs> while they were just filming the, a little bit further down the street exactly when the police first pull onto the lot there they drive through kind of an alleyway but there are a bunch of people in all kinds of different costumes and i thought i bet they just like they were like hey just send us all your extras when you're done shooting we have a scene outside <laughs> yeah. we want to shoot and just keep their costumes on you know i'm sure that's what happened the internet was around in the 1930s you'd have all kinds of little uh cameo uh credits yeah. and stuff that you could look up <laughs> yeah find all these actors absolutely and maybe i wouldn't be even surprised if there's a few actors that you know went on to do other things that were their name were actually in the credits that probably had cameos in this but no one knows yep exactly <laughs> i actually really liked the mystery in this i thought it was pretty well done i mean you actually watching it and you're like you're getting kind of pulled along and you're Mm -hmm. trying to figure it out yourself and you can't help but sort of guess and you're you're the the film is obviously giving you red herrings yes but you're like are they hmm i'm thinking (laughs) it's this oh no maybe it's this one i had the wrong guy pegged (laughs) (laughs) it's I struggle. I don't want to get too much. I don't want to get too much into wrap up conversation. So early in our talking, I, I felt like it, like you said, it pull, it pulls you right along. This, it, it keeps going. It is interesting. This movie, I, I guess it's not any longer than any others. It's a, an hour and 15 minutes long, but it mm-hmm. does feel like a whole lot happens. It feels like a long span of time is covered in that hour and 15 minutes. Or, or rather, I, I suppose it feels like a lot happens in that hour and 15 minutes. It's hard to, I'm, I'm finding it a little hard to explain too, because you're right. It is a fairly short film, but 
I kept starting this thing and I had to start it at like 9.30 or 10 o'clock at night. And it took me three times to uh, actually finish the film because I kept falling asleep. Oh, no. <laughs> not, not because I thought the film was boring. I mean, the whole time I'm interested in this movie and I'm interested in the mystery. I'm interested in what's going on. It's just, it, it starts getting late. And next thing I know, I'm like, oh crap, it's over again. Right. I kept falling asleep. Like, <laughs> as it turns out, I only missed like the last 10 minutes of the film. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> so I had to like go back and... I'm like the third tar I just I'm just gonna fast forward this time mm. and get to where I to about where I remember you know nodding off. It, I mean, for being a relatively short movie, there are a lot of although they're all set locations, there are a lot of locations. They're really hustling around in this movie. They're on a set and then they go from a set to being uh, I suppose they go to somebody's house and then they go to a hotel and then they go like they they kind of are running around a bunch of different places at this movie where usually if it were kind of this length of movie and moving along this quickly you'd only have a couple of locations in it so um but it, and it is hard to explain a lot happens in it but a, like you said a lot happens in it that it, it does have to do with the plot, but it isn't what you think it is. It's it's fed, it's given to you wrong on purpose. You're given clues. Given to you just so you have someone else to think, oh, he did it. Yes. Come in. Lead on. I suppose you're surprised that I'm here, huh, Marcia? Frankly, yes. You haven't come to see me since, since Brent's accident. I should think you'd know why. I don't. I only know that I, that I want to help you. I have all the help I need. Marcia, you mustn't treat me like this. I never said anything to you while Brent was alive. But you should know how I feel. You succeeded in making your feelings quite plain enough. Marcia, I... I'm very fond of you. It's not the kind of fondness I care about. Please go now, Leon. I'm in rather a hurry. Marcia, maybe someday you will come to me and ask for help. Maybe you will apologize to me for laughing about how I feel for you. Perhaps Brent wasn't killed for nothing. Oh, okay, this is kind of creepy. What's going on right. here? Oh, oh, so he's got a motive. Yeah, and that's the only reason that's there at all is so we think he's got a motive. Yes, and that, I think that's what it is. You're fed suspects kind of in a line, but then you're all the suspect is almost discarded immediately. It's all it's almost as if <laughs> it's almost as if the whole movie is the end of Clue, where they're like. This is the person that did it. Well, that's how it could have happened. But really, it happened this way. But that didn't really happen. Really, it happened this way. And so you're just fed these different characters that seem guilty, but then immediately are either killed or proven not to be guilty. So it, as much as this is in the mystery genre, I didn't feel like I, it was a mystery I could solve. I felt like I was being told a story, not given a problem to solve. No, I, I think I agree because... I don't think anyone could actually, unless you just randomly picked somebody and decided that they were going to be, and maybe, you know, you got like a 23% chance of getting it right or something mm -hmm. like that with the characters that you had available. Mm -hmm. 
that's about the only way you'd really decide, okay, he did it. Mm -hmm. Because honestly, anyone that they throw at you as a potential suspect could be, in fact, the killer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It only takes a little tweak of the story. (laughs) Yes. So, yeah. It It really comes down to that final scene. It does. And, And it reminded me of an episode of Poirot where they go to watch a play and he's like, the the butler did it. Like, you know, 10 minutes in, the Poirot's like, the butler did it. And then at the end of the play, he's like, that's impossible. It couldn't have been the wife. Shoot. They, they, give, they didn't give us all the information right up front. That was totally how I felt with this movie. I was like, oh, they didn't give us all the information right up front. I didn't know about Agnes. I didn't know about, <laughs> I didn't know about this. I didn't know about that. So, yeah, it was that I was dissatisfied only from the perspective that I didn't get the chance to solve the mystery because I didn't have enough information to solve it right up front. And it's like, oh, bummer. I would have liked to have at least had a real shot at it. Yeah, this definitely felt like one of those uh, mysteries like you're talking about the Perlot, per, excuse me, with Perot, where you find out that he picked up a piece of paper, but he didn't mention to tell anybody about it, and it had the answer on it. Right. Like, Wait, you've been carrying that in your pocket for an hour but, and a half? But at least he ha- you see him pick up the paper. In this, it's like somebody said, pulls the paper out of their pocket at the end and says, this has been in my pa- pocket since the beginning. You just didn't see me pick it up. But it's like, oh, come on, that's too much. That's just too much. <laughs> so I want to at least see him pick up the paper, even if I don't know what it is until the very end. I still want to see him pick up the paper. <laughs> And you were talking, you know, a couple of the suspects that you have, you know, they actually eliminate rather quickly, mm-hmm. literally eliminate. Literally eliminate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that actually only progresses the mystery a little bit, or at least deepens the mystery, because now, you know, you got someone that's it's like a conspiracy mm-hmm. sort of mystery, because they're using someone else's car, and there's battery acid mm-hmm. involved, and someone else, and this and that, like, what the devil's going on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, I think that's, I think that's, that is the biggest complaint that I felt going through this is that they didn't hold back any of the cards. Uh, like, like they didn't, that sounds like exactly the opposite of what I just said, but it's not. They, they didn't <laughs> keep anything a mystery after you learned about it. What they could have mm. built the case against all of these different people. And then at the end, I guess maybe I've been watching too much Poirot because that's what he does. He builds the case for each person and then at the end he reveals who it really was. And, I, and I've gotten a little bit addicted to that. But I think probably we have as modern you wanted someone to like, you're probably wondering why I called you all yeah. here today. <laughs> <laughs> or, or I wanted them to say, it could have been the butler. <laughs> but then I noticed <laughs> it could not have been him because at the time he was waxing his mustache and he would have left residue <laughs> of wax on the gun afterward. No, <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted a little bit more detail. I wanted a little bit more exposition. Actually, I suppose that's it. I suppose I wanted a little bit more detail and a little more exposi- exposition. It was all very straightforward in its presentation which isn't a Mm. bad thing this is one of those cases where probably where i just i'm like oh i'm just so finicky (laughs) it's an entertaining watch but yeah if it's one that you're just you want to be involved in it it doesn't give it to you It, it is literally a it's just a come and watch and enjoy and then you you at the end you're like oh oh it was him yeah okay I think, yeah, it is interesting. You wanted involvement. Yes. You wanted to be involved. You wanted it to involve you, right? That's exactly what I was going to ask. Did you feel really invested in any of these characters as you were watching it? 
that was a head shake. Yeah. Yeah. No, not really. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, I agree. And, yeah. and I liked them. And I, I wanted to know a little bit more about them. I enjoyed watching them. But at no point did I go, oh, man, I really hope that this actress and her boyfriend can stay together. Oh, no, I hope it wasn't one of them because I really want them to succeed at the end. I kind of, I, I just, it was like, it was like cotton candy. <laughs> <laughs> it was like that that tasted nice, but I'm still hungry. <laughs> what? And I, I suppose, you know, looking back on it now, there's only two characters in this film that are like through the whole thing are actually like really kind of like congenial and nice. And one is our star, mm-hmm. um, Franklin Drew, mm-hmm. uh, David Manners character. So we know he didn't do it. Right. <laughs> so the only other guy, the only other suspect He's like, he seems like a really great guy. Everyone else is kind of doing the side eye and are shifty and, you know, are trying to make a move on <laughs> yes. the actress. And so everyone's yeah. got like, okay. So the the one guy that's like, oh, hi, how you doing? He's casual. He's walking down. He's he's talking with Drew, all this stuff. Uh, he's, wait, he's, he's the killer? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, uh. I think the very first word I used was contrived. And it doesn't, yeah. it, you don't feel horribly cheated. There are movies where you watch them and it gets to the end and you're like, that's just dumb. Like, <laughs> like that's just <laughs> stupid. Yeah. I'm so mad that I sat through this. This isn't one of those. But it does, fe- it just like we said, it's it, the movie holds your hand the whole way and never gives you a chance to to step to your own conclusions. Yeah, so, no, contrived is a good is a good definition because even in the end, when you find out who did it, you're kind of like, were we told at any point that he had the knowledge to do what he did in order to kill this guy? And like, where did all that come from? I, you- I suppose, I, and I don't, I missed, I may have missed a part. Maybe the implication was that he had looped somebody else in on on part. See, I didn't get that either. I I, I didn't feel like, but but then if that's the case, so now I, I feel like we're going to get right into the end of it and start speculating. Why didn't they do this? Why didn't they do that? If that's the case, then why did he kill the second person he killed unless it was to silence him? Well, he was looking for the scapegoat or something. Yeah, see, that's too easy. I don't, there's yeah. just not enough depth to make this really satisfying. So, yeah. oh, that's, which is, which is too bad because it is, it, 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 I feel like this went extremely quickly. <laughs> How are we here already? What happened? Oh, it's because there wasn't enough depth for us to sit down and talk about it very, very There really hard. wasn't. <laughs> it is, which is, even, it's hard. It's kind of painful. It is. It is. It, 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 <laughs> I feel like there's another movie out there right now that has this basic storyline, but does it so much more satisfyingly. I don't know what that movie is called. If you know what it is, please comment on Facebook and tell me what it is so I can watch it. <laughs> but uh, th- I, probably because I spend so much time watching mysteries, this is so disappointing. And, and I hate to use the word disappointing. I don't feel like this is a bad movie. Uh, right. I feel like this is a good, like a, a, a fair light entertainment movie. If you just want to put something on in the background and not worry about it, let it just carry you along while you're cooking dinner or something. <laughs> this is fine. This movie, that's the word for it. This movie is fine. 
Yeah, yeah, it's, it's fine. fine. <laughs> and I honestly, though, I don't think it's really a perfect um, a perfect movie for the background because I think there's just a, that's the weirdest thing. There is so much that happens. There's too much and so much on. that goes on. You literally can't not pay attention because you're gonna like. Wait, wait, who's that? <laughs> why are we here? Yeah. Yes. Why are no, we at the, Why true. are we at? Why are we at a motel? What? So maybe <laughs> if you are rocking a baby to sleep and you can't move because you're gonna wake <laughs> the baby up, but you're just tired and you just want to put something on that's not too much stress, this is probably. <laughs> Or if you want to follow what, you know, happened with me, if you have insomnia, you need something to help you fall asleep. <laughs> put you right out. <laughs> it is. It I'm really sad. It's not a very entertaining movie. Um, after we've just yeah, said it's fine. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not an entertaining movie, but it's not a bad yes, movie. Yes, exactly. It's, man, is, I, I, don't, yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen a more milk toast movie (laughs) (laughs) and that is the funny part they're really it's not it's this is the weirdest thing it's not bad the best thing you can say about it is that it's not bad if it had been bad we could make fun of it and laugh at it or be perplexed over why it's so bad but it's not bad it's just (laughs) i think i think it's one of those cases where the parts are greater than the whole Mm. That's, there are many elements. Yeah. There are many elements in the mystery that work really well, and I really appreciate it. Um, there's many, you know, the characters. There's some of the characters that you know you you, you really like, mm-hmm. or you you kind of enjoy watching them go through the steps mm-hmm. and everything. But when you put it all together, meh. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. It's I just I drew an analogy in my head just now. This is somebody saying, "What did you do today?" And you say, "I went to the store and I bought some bread and I came home." As opposed mm-hmm. to other movies that say, I decided to go to the store, but I realized that I left my wallet, so I had to turn around and come back home. But while I was home, I got a phone call. You know, The end result is you still bought bread and came home, but you just miss all the entertainment in between. This movie is just too straightforward. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's it. It's- Maybe that's it. It just goes from A to B and doesn't take any detours. Yeah, that's exact. That is what it is. It's just... Yeah, that that's it. We solved mystery solved. We know <laughs> we know what's wrong with this movie now. <laughs> and it is too bad. I I would really like to see David Manners in some more movies. I there's a movie he's in that uh, I I am gonna look up because he plays I think a shake in it. He play sorry Americans would say a chic. Uh, <laughs> he's he's in a version of the mystery of Edwin Drood, which there uh, I saw a version of recently. It's a Charles Dickens um, novel, fantastic story. I'm really interested to see that one. Uh, of course, we already know he's in The Mummy. He's in Dracula. He's uh, he did another one of all of those kinds of movies called The Black Cat, Le Chat Noir. Um, he's in all these movies that I'm really interested to see him in. Oh, Kismet! That was the movie. He he plays a uh, ro- a Middle Eastern royalty in Baghdad, and I, the Caliph of Baghdad. That's who I think he plays. I'm really interested to see him playing a Caliph, not the person I would have cast him as. But you know, Tyrone Powers did it. Why not? So, yeah, sure. <laughs> but uh, I, I I'm glad I watched this because now I'm interested in seeing more from David Manners where he's actually featured. But I'm Bella Lugosi in this. I actually had when Bella Lugosi is brought in. I thought, oh, weird. He's using his drag. He's using his Dracula accent again. Why is he doing that? 
That's that's the way he talks, Lydia. Yep. <laughs> it took me a full minute to be like, oh, oh, okay, no, that's actually well. But it, well, the funny part is the studio manager in this also has kind of a strange accent. There are a few people in this movie that have kind of unusual accents, and mm-hmm. and my initial thought was that they had just done it on purpose. But it, but the, my point being, there's not enough of Bella Lugosi in it to he's he's the He's just not not enough in it to make it more interesting. They had, I think, they missed an opportunity with him. They could have made him look really guilty. Even, and Drew even says at one point, "Yeah, I had you pegged as the bad guy at one point." And uh, and Lugosi's character says, "Yes, I know. It made me very angry." But I'm like, no, I didn't see that though. I didn't see the point where he was very angry. I didn't see the point where no. Drew was suspecting him. All the things that we're told, we don't really get to see it on screen. And I'm thinking, oh, that would have been that. So, uh, you know, it's nice to know that there are movies out there where Lugosi is used better, where Manners is used better. And I'm looking forward to seeing those. And this, I think that's the biggest benefit to watching this movie is now I want to watch other movies instead. Well, Lugosi taking on this role, being such a minor, it seems odd after being in like the hit Mm -hmm. the year prior. It was just a matter of he had some trouble with some finances. He'd take whatever work would come mm-hmm. his way. And apparently the film industry in like Hungary or whatever, you flip back and forth between the being the star and being the supporting actor all the time real easily. It's like so it's, for him, this was, yeah. this was no big deal. <laughs> right. We all think of Lugosi, I guess it depends on the person. You either think of Lugosi as Dracula or you think of Lugosi as... You know the guy that worked with Ed Wood, <laughs> but but I love his face. There, any time you don't use him to and cast suspicion on him, you are missing out on potential because mm-hmm. his face, it just he's his expressions are so dark and his appearance is so um, I can't think of a good word for it, but just you know intimidating. Unique. Yeah, intimidating. Oh, absolutely. I would. Yeah, he can be very much. I think mysterious. Uh And anytime that you don't even genuinely, if if you're in this movie and at some point Drew looks over for let's just pretend and he looks over and he sees Bela Lugosi like just kind of glance toward him, stop and then walk off screen. You go, where is he going? What's he doing? He's doing something bad. Like, that's it. That's all you need. You need this. There's so little that you need to make it have some suspense and some drama and then this movie doesn't have any suspense or drama and it's oh it's such a it's so much missed potential because they it literally is the matter of a few seconds here and there and they just completely fail to do which i suppose you know you mentioned this is the director's first film everybody's got to learn somewhere i guess that could be where the base of a lot of our criticism might lie mm-hmm. is that it's just an inexperienced director mm-hmm. and maybe with more even the same director but maybe more two time. years later yeah. you know or something like that could have produced a film with a little bit more of what we were you know looking for mm-hmm. yeah that, i think that'd be interesting to see certainly i don't think any of the um any of the movies that he directed later in life, I certainly am not familiar with them. At least I don't. I don't think I am. He did a version of the Christmas Carol, uh, of a Christmas Carol. I'm sorry, but not one I've heard of. Uh, he, you know, he he did a whole bunch of movies 
over, you know, about a 20 year period of time, but nothing that is, that really stands out to me. And so I just, I, it'd be interesting to watch some of his later films and find out if this is an experience or genuinely just not the best director. It'd be hard to gauge it unless he did something similar. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know how you could watch something later and go, oh, well, that's much better than it. But it's a different story and it's different actors and it, it'd be tough to do. It is. Ironically, I just clicked at random on a movie called Invisible Agent and the image that popped up looks like Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> it made me laugh. <laughs> so maybe uh, maybe this would... It certainly looks like it's a suspense movie. So maybe we should dig into in 1942's Invisible Agent and see. I don't think it's out of copyright, but at least there may be some comparison there for it. <laughs> yeah, I think that was one of probably the... Um, or series of sequels, not sequels, to The Invisible Man. Yes, yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> this film, too, it tells or tries to tell... A mystery, but the the com. What do you think about them doing and throwing in the, the little the cause co- the comedy aspects? You know, we uh, as we we described, you know, Officer Gulliver, mm-hmm. uh, Vince Barnett, there uh, being the 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 sort of the the clown, yeah, uh, the Keystone Cop, and even the uh, the studio head, who I think was kind of you could almost take it as being a little offensive. I think he was supposed to be like the Jewish guy. Oi! You know, oh, yeah. Um, I, I couldn't peg where he was supposed to, uh, where his origins were supposed to be or what kind of, I couldn't peg his accent. Let's put it that way. Um, I, I think that the, I'm not familiar with him, but apparently um, Vince Barnett is a really well-known vaudevillian name. And so I think that's kind of a byproduct of these early 30, 30s movies where you were coming out of vaudeville, lots of names that people knew. Hey, let's throw him in a movie. Let's use him here. He's got a studio contract. Right. Let's include him in a movie so that we're getting our money's worth. And, you know, and all those guys, not all those guys, but um, some of those guys, all they knew to do was comedy. Some of those guys, that was their shtick. And if you're using him in a movie, you're going to get comedy and you're going to get his brand of comedy. I think that's what happened here and a good friend of mine <laughs> likes to say you know that that some characters are good in shorts but they're not good in long pants no i'm kidding they're good in shorts <laughs> but they're not good in long films like you know um he likes to use the saturday night live characters as an example they're great in, in skits they're so funny but when you take a two-minute skit character and make them a full-length movie character it's just too much and i think that's that's just the byproduct of using this type of humor, this kind of leftover stage humor in a film that already is pretty light on its feet. That's probably true. And I think he, as a, uh, as a person, as a celebrity, was well-known in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. He was like a, uh, he was a practical joker. Um, and people would use him and they'd have him come in and if they needed to do a joke on set or on, on an executive or, or some Anybody, uh, even someone outside of Hollywood or whatever, they they'd get this guy to come in and, and do so it. So he's Ashton Kutcher. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, he's the Ashton Kutcher of the 1930s. <laughs> Punked with Vince Barnett. Yeah. We've had a couple of movies now where we've had a character like this in it, where it's been supposed to be <laughs> a mystery, and you end up with some kind of weird screwball comedy side character, right? Yeah, I, I, I guess what we're 
what we end up coming down to say it's a product of its time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and, and it hasn't completely disappeared in today's films, that's for sure. No, that's true. <laughs> yeah, you know, you've always got the, the comedy sidekick, no matter what kind yep. of it seems. You're going to have somebody there making, in, you know, fortunately in this case not, but fortunately because it's not necessary in this case, not lewd jokes or anything like that, but... Um, but yeah, it, it just, there, it just, it has carried over. It's interesting. It's almost like if you have a movie that's not a drama or horror, and sometimes even if you do have horror, you still mm-hmm. have, this, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you still have this carryover of the completely goofy side character. It's interesting that it's something that we've hung on to so long. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, there's just, I don't know if there's really much else to say. Um, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose we should rate it. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's our, yeah, that's our shtick. <laughs> right. So uh, how, how would you rate the death kiss, Christopher? What would be a good fine rating? <laughs> a two. <laughs> yeah, I'd give it a two. There's really nothing... There's nothing outstanding about this film. It's kind of fun to see them adding the color if you watch one of those mm-hmm, prints. Mm-hmm. But that's... Not a big deal. And I actually found it a little distracting when it first happened because I thought it was, like I said, I thought it was just some, some guy, you know, that (laughs) That did it. Used markers on the. 80 years, (laughs) 80 years later, you know, decided to, you know, throw it into Adobe After Effects or something Mm -hmm. and and play with it. But then they did it. It was, it was hand done. I was like, okay, that's interesting. That's fine. Again, there's the word. It's fine. fine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like you said, it, it, it makes you more interested to go see any other film with <laughs> most of these actors yeah. who do a better job or have a better script or film to work in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll, I'll stick with two. Yeah. Yeah. You, you mentioned a couple of times, depending on what version you're watching, it's probably worth mentioning there are a bunch of different versions out there. Um, most of them are pretty decent. There are uh, a mm-hmm. few on the YouTubes. Uh, if you find one that's an hour and 45 minutes long versus the hour and 10 minute long one, don't be fooled. It is not a different movie. There's just part of the movie tacked onto the end again. So, uh, (laughs) you're not, you're not finding a a hidden gem or anything like that. Um, but there, the, you know, the quality of the film that I watched a couple of different ones, two or three of different ones, they're pretty decent. It's very watchable. Uh, you're not going to struggle. Uh, for the most part, there's a little bit of sound quality issues. You're not going to struggle to understand people or see them. Um, but yeah, I think I, I wish I could give it a three. I want to give it a three, but mm. there's no reason to give it a three. The reason no. it doesn't nope. get a one is because it's fine. It's not yeah, a bad exactly. movie. Exactly. <laughs> That's very much how I feel. That's very much how I feel where I really wanted to give it better than the two, yeah. but it's like, it just doesn't earn it. Well, a, a three would be fine, but really a three is better than a fine. Three is like, they did a pretty so. good job. There's nothing exceptional. And in this case, they didn't really do a pretty good job. They did a fine job. <laughs> it's it's not good enough to say, oh, you know, kudos for this or, hey, good job doing that. It's just, you finished, they finished it. It, 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 yep. it had a story and it started and it ended and they did okay. And yeah, yep. I think too. Yeah, like perfect. you said, there are many uh, versions out there on the YouTubes. Uh, the <laughs> one I, we have on our uh, YouTube channel does have the tinting. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to watch it on 
Prime. There's actually two versions on Prime. One is strictly black and white, and the other one has the tinting. You've got plenty of choices. <laughs> <laughs> lots, lots of options out there. But you have to look for it. Apparently, the one with the tinting, it, it claims to be, you know, restored and uncut. But the other one is not... I haven't seen any of them that I could see that were cut at all. So Yeah, well, they, they, certainly, <laughs> they certainly are choppy. There's certainly a couple of hard cuts in the movie, probably from when they put it back together and converted it. But yeah, yeah. I didn't notice anything... I didn't notice any difference in the storyline in any of the versions I watched. Nope, nope, nope. So there you go. So there's plenty of options for watching this film, if you so choose. If you want but to if watch you don't, it, yeah, fine movie. Yeah, if you don't, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's all right. If you, do, if you decide not to, that's fine. <laughs> but yeah, so that will do it for this uh, month's episode, our 101st episode. Um, Lydia, thank you very much. Thank you. I'm, I... You know, I never want to jinx it, but I hope we live to a hundred or to two hundred and one episodes. I hope the world doesn't explode before then. That would be great. <laughs> that would be fine. Well, at this rate, it'll take another ten years to get there. There you but... go. <laughs> that would be fine. <laughs> it's, it's fine. That, that's how I want Orphan Entertainment to be remembered. It was fine. <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> And on that note. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that'll do it. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And if you've listened for all 101 episodes, even a bigger thank, thank you. Thank you That's so really much. That's really awesome. Yes. We'll be back in a month to discuss another film. Until then, we'll say goodbye. Bye. You've all been so clever for so long. You've forgotten to be humble. You've tricked and fooled your readers for years. You've tortured us all with surprise endings that made no sense. You've introduced characters in the last five pages that were never in the book before. You've withheld clues and information that made it impossible for us to guess who did it. But now, the tables are turned. Millions of angry mystery readers are now getting their revenge. When the world learns I've outsmarted you, they'll be selling your $1.95 books for 12 cents. <laughs> <laughs>